Well, happy Monday. Praying that all of you all are doing well out there in Emmanuel Everywhere land. Praying that God has been keeping you as he has been keeping me. Uh, praying that uh, uh, that the weather is uh, getting a little better for some and the rain, the cold, and all those things are happening. I know there is some kind of celebration going on about some kind of team that uh, that did good on yesterday. Uh, I don't know what team that might be. I'm kidding. <laughs> Congratulations to all my Niner friends and family. All right. Uh, don't want to delay any further. Let's begin with some uh, praise break. Uh, you know, I always like to have a praise break moment. This one has been brewing a little while. I was just figuring out when I wanted to share it with you. But it comes from an incident that took place on January 15th uh, on a freeway road. Yeah. Uh, a man by the name of Cordell Patrick, who happened to be an ESPN analyst, was traveling with his uh, wife uh, in an RV. They had rented an RV. They had came down. Uh, they live in Southern Cal in LA area and they came down and into a little further south and they were on their way back. On their way back, Cordell uh, stood up because I believe the RV was one of those big ones that has the restroom in the back of the RV. He stood up to go to the back to the restroom while his wife was driving. As he stood up, uh, he immediately observed that the, the RV was veering toward the median on the left and that his wife, uh, come to find out, had fallen asleep at that very moment. As Cordell goes to take the wheel, he is then ejected from the window of the car as they hit the median, and he goes, uh, what can only be described as angels, guided him in a near straight line along the other side of the median of the freeway where he was slid some 170 feet and survived. Yeah, this is a true story. Uh, and he, as he survives this, he's slightly on the roll, comes to himself, realizes he needs to get his legs over to the, to the, 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 the rest of the median. And he realizes he has broken bones, et cetera. So he scoots as much as he can, and then people come to help both his wife and him. What I'd like to, to talk about the praise break, I mean, so there are so many questions, right? Questions on the timing of him standing up. Questions on the timing of her falling asleep at that time. Questions on uh, how does one come out of a window in a way where they are not thrown by uh, the just the laws of gravity suggest he would be thrown way out into the freeway. How does one end up in the position where he is not really in a lot of danger, let alone survives? Well, I, all I want to bring us to a shout with is his quote from the hospital bed. And I believe, Joe, if you guys go back to this, Joe takes our videos and oftentimes he will uh, uh, you know, bring it back a little later but he's going to match the, the actual event to the video that we're speaking of now for our praise break. So you'll be able to see it a little clearly later. But 
he quotes that from the hospital bed, that if you don't believe that there is something greater than you, uh, he, he, you're missing out in life and that he was going to make some life changes. And so he said it was just 27 hours since the event. And he said, this is his quote, since 27 hours ago, I probably prayed 127 times, thanking God for keeping me. That was his quote. It was 27 hours ago. And he said, probably 127 times, I gave God praise for keeping me. My question that brings us to our praise break today is how many of us don't need an accident to just praise him one time? Oh, how many of us don't need it to be that severe for us to bless his name one time? It doesn't take me to have to be thrown anywhere. As a matter of fact, you and I have spiritually been thrown out of some bad places, but God still kept us spiritually. Some of us may have been thrown out of some things physically, and God still kept us. What are the odds that this could happen and he would survive? I mean, I just believe that there are no coincidences uh, when God commands the incidences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When God is in the midst of everything that happens, it's not a coincidence. God is in the plan. And if God had to throw him to this location so that he can get praise out of him, then that's exactly what God did. And now he has talked about how he is altering his life because his life has a purpose. And I just wonder how many of us can give God praise one time. Doesn't take, it, it doesn't take a, a, a great uh, calamity for us to bless his name. It doesn't take damage to me to bless his name. I can bless his name because of the small things that many people overlook. The fact that you woke up this morning is enough for you to say, thank you for keeping me. The fact that you were able to walk on your own accord is enough for you to say, thank you for keeping me. The fact that you can blink your eyes on your own and you can communicate on your own is enough for somebody to say, thank you for keeping me. That's our praise break. He's a keeper. And uh, Cordell found out for himself. He's a keeper. How about you? That's our praise break. So um, I want to first begin by, um, you know, apologizing on behalf of our church for the Emmanuel Everywhere uh, issues that were on yesterday. Um, I continue to be interacting with that team as well as our pastor on my thoughts around, um, you know, when things happen. So know that I'm engaged with that on our behalf. Uh, when there are audio issues, I am aware and I'm alerting. Uh, when there are issues that uh, uh, with our our uh, video, I'm aware and I am alerting. And so uh, I believe that uh, that is being controlled and managed. It's something that was out of our control. So many of you may have missed service yesterday, and we apologize. I would admonish that I believe they have it up now that you can go back and view yesterday's uh, service in its entirety on YouTube. All right. So you can do that by going to our church website and connecting from there. So what I like to do is continue to walk us as we're talking about growth. Pastor is still preaching in the season of growth. And so I believe that there is our ability to walk along in this growth uh, 
this growth pathway that we're on. Amen. And we are continuing to walk that path. So today I'd like to focus on a passage of scripture from the 92nd division of Psalms, Psalms 92. If you have your Bibles, this is another one on growth to highlight. And I'm hoping that you're taking these texts and you're compiling your growth lists of things that help me grow. You just call it that. Whatever pastor says on Sunday, whatever we're providing that on during the week on Emmanuel Everywhere, you can just add all those scriptures up uh, for growth. And sometimes perhaps pastor and I will cross paths on that particular text and you'll get multiple perspectives. Amen. All right. So Psalms 92, starting at the 12th verse, you'll find these words and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Verse 15 concludes, they will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you with this subject in mind, surviving growing pains. Yes, surviving growing pains. Um, growth can bring pain. We know it. Uh, and if you were ever a, a child that dealt with this, uh, you know it as, as a kid. I, as a kid, I remember that I didn't really start to grow until like my freshman year of high school. And so, uh, and, and at that time, it was at that point in time that my then about five, three, five, four foot frame started to give me some growth. Uh, it came to a point that it was, uh, it became particularly painful at night. I just remember at night, my legs would cramp and pain tremendously. And that was because my bones were experiencing this pain of growth. Uh, we all have had to go through it. You all have had to grow. You you couldn't stay a baby forever. You couldn't be a, a teenager. You had to, but it, it, to grow in your body, your bones and your organs grew. Uh, you, you had to get larger uh, in stature. And so you grew. And a part of that growth is that pain that is associated with that movement of muscles and movement of bone and movement of spacing. And man, I would be in pain at nighttime. I just remember my legs, it felt like somebody was stabbing me with needles, but, and I couldn't get any relief. I'd hang a leg over the side of the bed and try to get relief. I'd put my knees up so that I can get some relief. Whatever, put pillows, stack them up so I can have some type of relief because the pain was difficult. But I, you know, some questions. Why at night? Uh, why does pain seem to always happen at nighttime? And I solicit to you that we know that it happened at night in our growth because that's when our body is at rest. And it is when our body is at rest that actually activates our growth. In other words, I hurt when I was still. Yeah, the still of the night when I wasn't moving any longer, I hurt when I was still. So in essence, I hurt still. Hope you got, hope you're walking with me. 
And I solicit to you that some of us hurt still. Yeah, yeah. And in the midst of our hurt, God is still growing us while we hurt still. So it is in our stop and our silence that we begin to grow. Uh, are you growing? Do you realize that, that when we don't react to the first reaction of things, the way that we used to react to things, it is a sign that we are growing. When you get older, you get mature, right? It's it's almost like when you're when you're running through an obstacle course, the first time you run through the obstacle course, you're tripping and falling over everything that's there. But after you've ran it a few times, you know exactly where those holes and pitfalls and you know the depth of how you need to swing on the obstacle. You know exactly where that is and you don't fall into the same pitfall that you fell into before because you have grown to know just how the obstacle course operates. And I solicit to you that we've grown like that in this life. There are some things that used to set me off that don't set me off the same way anymore because I've learned now to stop, look, and listen, and learn that I'm better than my past reactions. My past reaction on the obstacle course had me falling over everything, everything that happened, everything that could make me angry. But now that I know the course of life and I've learned myself a little bit more, you begin to learn how to grow. And I believe there's some growing people that are still growing. And if you're growing, just put in the chat, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. So I want to talk about this text because I believe there's some things here and I'd like to pair it with uh, a little bit of the book of Job. Now, I'm not going to go deeply into the book of Job. I may read a little bit from it, but Job is a good character for us to relate to when it comes to growing through pain. Yeah, yeah, growing through pain. Uh, I often use Job because Job is one of the 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 Bible uh uh, the, one of the, the the famous people of the Bible whom God used uh, that pretty much went through probably the worst things that could happen to a person. Job went through that. And so let's observe this text first out of Psalm. And we can just, just this walk. I don't have any special points today. We're just going to walk the text if that's okay. So what does the Bible say? In verse 12, uh, the it, it says that the godly grow strong. And in this scripture, it's described as the cedars of Lebanon. And in the cedars, in that climate, what that means is there was an aromic, durable wood that was highly desirable during that time. It was desirable not just for the aroma of the wood, but for the strength of the wood and for the fact that it was used to build. It was a building wood. And David used it as a building uh, uh, a building fabric or building uh, construction for the palace. And Solomon used it in the construction of his temple. Godly are people that God can build something with. That's why it's talking about we're like the cedars of Lebanon. Godly people are something that God can build something with. That's why it shouldn't be any surprise to you or I that 
that many of us are still in the blessings or being built from the blessings that are from our relatives table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still being built off of what fell on my grandmother's table. Those things have fallen on me. She grew me and God grew her. So if you really want to know why many of these next generations are so weak, we need to check the wood that we're using. Yeah. Are we building with God's material anymore? Because God's material is guaranteed to be strong and God's material can hold up in storms. That's a shout number one. If you got a shout and you can find one today, there's one. What the way God, what, what God builds with holds up in storms. It's no surprise that even though Job endured all he did, he, he endured it because he was built as God. We endure storms when you're built with God material. And I solicit to you that you are built with God material. 13th verse, it says they are transplanted to God's own house. They flourish in the courts of God. And the shout in the text is when they change pots. Oh yes, God is going to repot you. You don't have to worry about what happens after you've grown. God is going to repot you. He's going to move you to something bigger, something better. It changes pots in the text. It gets a bigger pot and it gets a better location to live. Ultimately, I'm working toward transplanting this temple into a new temple in his presence. And that's a bigger pot. All we're doing is doing his work down here surviving what we survive and growing down here. So ultimately, when we have done everything we can do on this side, we are guaranteed to be transplanted to his house. Whew, that is a shout for any believer. Verse 14, I'm walking quickly. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Oh, yes, this is for my golden harvesters. This is for my seniors. This is, this is for my mother-in-love. This is for those who are older, who are worried if they still have anything to offer. My shout is, God is not done with you. You've got plenty to offer, so much wisdom to give, so much advice to yield, so many ways that God can still use you because these next generations, will they will never know what you endured because there was no social media in your time. It wasn't being videoed. The revolution wasn't televised during your time, but you still got a message that has to come from your lips to their ears. And so God still has the ability to produce fruit through you. And that fruit comes when you open your mouth. That fruit comes when you testify. That fruit comes when you start blessing the name of the Lord in your own house and everybody's looking, why is she praising like that at her age? And they start to praise God because they don't know like you know what you've been through. 
Age doesn't stunt the growth of your praise. Age doesn't stunt the growth of your wisdom. Age doesn't stop you from being able to do all the things that God empowers you to do. Age doesn't stop you from giving and worship living. Last verse, end of the verse here. The text ends with worship from the growth. Where the text just says, the Lord is just, he is my rock, and there is no evil in him. That declaration is declared with an exclamation point. The Lord is just, he is my rock, there is no evil in him. If you ever had a shout, that's the one. When you know that the Lord is just, when we look around at an unfair, evil world where nobody seems to, to care about how they treat one another or people become their own critics and will use uh, whatever they want to bring down other people, isn't it good to know that I've got a just attorney that's always going to represent me? that my God is just and that he is a rock. He is something I can hold on to and remain stable. He's a rock that I can hold on to that no matter what's crashing around me, he's gonna keep me afloat. He's gonna keep me up and there is no evil in him. Let me close with this praise that Job had. There's a, a, a paradigm in, 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 in the, the, the pendulum that swings from Job chapter one to Job chapter 42, the end. Everything that begins to happen to Job happens in Job chapter one. But the very first thing that happens in Job chapter one is that God is so confident about Job being his and the one whom he has created and the one whom he has made strong that he actually offers Job up to the devil. Yeah, the devil comes back and he says, have you considered my servant Job? Meaning, have you tried to test him to see if he would even leave me or forsake me? And the devil said, no, I haven't tried it because um, you got this hedge of protection around him. Oh, that's a shout in itself because you need to know that the only way the enemy could ever get to one of God's is if God allow the hedge that he has around your life to be removed. And we can think about our brother who went onto the freeway, that God still had a hedge of protection around his life, even though he went through that pain. And so, uh, when it gets to verse 42, Job has endured many verses of pain, many verses of friends that have left him or given him bad advice. And so what that text ends with is what I'll read here and I'll close here. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord was restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, former friends came and feasted with him in his home. They consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 
1,000 teams of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. And he gave Job seven more sons, three more daughters. He named his first daughter Jemima, the second Keziah, the third Karen Huppich, and all of the land, no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job. And their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after that, living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Then he died, an old man who lived a long, full life. That is the end of Job. God grew him. God grew him through his pain. He had to endure those pains. But you see the celebration that comes at the end of growth. We just got to get through the pain on this side. But growth is at the other end. I'll end with this story. Man goes to a doctor, says, Doc, everywhere it hurts. Everywhere I touch, it hurts. Doc said, touch your shoulder. He touches his shoulder and he yells out. Doc says, touch your forehead. Touches his forehead and he starts screaming. Doc says, touch your thigh. Touches his thigh and he grimaces. And he says again, Doc, everywhere I touch, it hurts. Doc says, no wonder. You've got a dislocated finger. <laughs> Many of us are like that man. One thing that has hurt us begins to hurt us all over and not just one part of our lives, but many parts of our lives are hurt, oftentimes by just one hurt. When everywhere in life, when everywhere in life hurts because of one specific area, our touch is indeed the problem only. His touch can fix how we're touched and what we touch in our lives. That's how we get past the pain. His touch can fix our touch so that we can touch lives, our lives, the next generation's lives. And so we've got to endure this pain. This life will have growing pains all over us, but we will grow and we will survive. Can anybody shout now for your survival? I'm not beaten by this. This thing that's on me, I'm not beaten by it. I'm bigger than this. I'm not at the end of my rope. Tomorrow is a brighter day. And after all of these growing pains, I'll tower over my enemies. Is that a word for somebody? Yeah, we're going to survive the growing pains. You're going to survive the growing pains. God bless you today. Let me check the chat and see what we got. I see my sister Crystal, sister Wiley. Praise God for you guys. Amen, amen. We are growing indeed. Amen. Growing indeed. God is doing it as only he can. Excuse me. Growing us, growing us, growing us. I'm looking to see what else we have. Amen. Uh, anyone else? See people on board. Amen. Thanking God for the growth. Wisdom of the elders. Still needed. Amen. 
God was exalted as Job was restored. Amen. Amen. Sister Rashford is in there chiming in. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I pray that God continues to bless you. We still have, uh, we're getting ready for our uh, Bible study uh, that's coming. Pastor, myself, will be leading that. Uh, it'll be uh, on the Emmanuel Everywhere platform, but it'll be e e church-wide everywhere via Zoom. So we definitely want you to come in and be a part of that. Uh, we are continuing to monitor uh, your prayer requests. So please, uh, you don't have to wait for me to, to offer prayer. Just throw it in our chat any day. Please pray for me and we will put it in there. Uh, just make, a, make, it, make it a post, make it a comment of what you need prayer for. And I'll be sure to pray. And sometimes I may not be able to get to prayer on Wednesdays, but don't, don't rest assured, we're gonna be praying intentionally each week at some point. Uh, we'll get to all of our prayer requests that are that are in our um, that that come into us. All right. Well, I pray that words will to somebody and that we continue to grow. Uh, we'll survive growing pains. Yeah, we're made strong. Cedars of Lebanon. Are you? God bless you.